Welcome back, everyone. This is Kyle Jones, and this is Discussing Who. We are on episode number 98, and when we are recording this particular episode, we are recording it on March the 6th, which just happened, well, March the 6th, 2018, which just happens to be the second anniversary of Discussing Who. Woohoo! Woo! All right. Yeah, ex- I'm I'm like, you know, super excited and that first woohoo that we heard is a guest that we've got on with us tonight, someone that we met on social media last year at Hulanta, but we didn't actually meet face to face, but we're hoping to change that this year at Hulanta. Nicole from the Terminus a Doctor Who podcast. Nicole, Hello, welcome back. Everybody. Hey. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. What about yourself? Pretty good. Getting past the flu, so I'm I'm feeling much better now. Oh. Well, good deal. Good deal. Well, I want to ask you real quick before I get into other introductions. Well, actually, you know what? Hold that thought and re- <laughs> remind me to come back to Hulanta because I want to actually uh, say, before I say their names, I just want to say a big thank you to the next two names that I am about to mention because you have given me in over the last two years something to look forward to on a now weekly basis, but before that, pretty much two to three times a month. And this adventure has been one of the most fun adventures that I've had, period. And I could not and would not do it without either of you and uh, without choosing who is first in any shape, form, or fashion. I'm just going to go alphabetically and say, Clarence Brown, welcome back. Yo, 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 what's up? What's up? Anniversary time, I guess. Yes, it is. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm just sipping out of my uh, Han Solo mug, uh, some espresso, so I'm doing quite fine, sir. (laughs) Cool deal. His Solo cup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Good one. Wow. Here goes the puns. Yeah. No, they really are going to brand solo cups for the solo movie. They are, really are. Uh, yes, they oh are. my God. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Say it ain't so. <laughs> I'm afraid it is. Yeah. So so keeping with the jokes, the person who's going to now sing us a solo, Lee Shackleford. Mm. Hello, Kyle. <laughs> Welcome yeah, back, good sir. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And, and may I say, this has been uh, a very rewarding two years for me, too. I, I consider both of you my brothers now, and uh, I just didn't know you at all before. It's it's um, It has. Um, discussing who has changed my life for the better. I mean, yeah, how, how great is that? Yeah. I mean, you know, before you started this, you were just a you know, normal person. And then you started having fits, fits of writing. Exactly. (laughs) And you you brought on the seizures. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got a, but you, but, but you got over your fit, correct? And and you finished your, so do you want to tell people what I'm talking about in the fit moment? It's, it's a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy joke. Uh, Douglas Adams uh, referred to his, um, the the spasmodic appearance of the hitchhiker radio show is fits <laughs> and and my radio drama series kind of works the same way but but yeah we i've just finished the uh the scripts for the third fit of relativity or, or burst or whatever it is maybe i should call them bursts that sounds more relativity like 
explosions of relativity, but yeah, mm. so I'm excited about that. Yeah, relativitypodcast.com. Yeah, but you know what? It's more fun for me to say you're having a fit. Yeah, I guess you're right. Anyway, and, and I like I like being tied to Douglas Adams. That's um, yeah, that's I flatter myself. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. So anything, and I'm going to uh, you know ask all three of you this: anything fun going on for you guys right now, or anything you want to talk about before we dive into it and get back to the Hulanta that I was going to come back to? Uh, can't think of anything. I wouldn't stand in the way of that. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, Nicole, I'll turn it over to you and just kind of let everybody know if you're attending Hulanta, which you can find out more information about at Hulanta.com, and you are a podcaster. Nicole, kind of take it away. Oh, God. <laughs> Put you on the spot here. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, I am definitely attending Hulanta. I've been going for, oh God, I think like nine years or so. Oh, it wow. used to be called TimeGate and now it's called Hulanta. I think it was rebranded last year. I'm pretty sure. And, uh, definitely looking forward to that. I'm, um, uh, should I say who the guests are? Or sure. Go for whatever? it. Whatever. Okay. Um, well, the two big ones I'm excited about are Louise Jameson, who played Leela, who was actually my first companion. So I'm really excited about that. And one of the other guests is Rachel Talalay, who has done directing on a lot of the new Doctor Who stories, and she's pretty amazing. And she also did Tank Girl. So I'm going to do a cosplay that's kind of a, a mashup between unit like a unit soldier and tank girl <laughs> and kind of, yeah, just to kind of bring it into doctor who a little bit, but if, awesome. unless it falls apart. So, but I, I've got most of the costume together. So I'm hoping, and now that I see that it's, it's coming up in two months, I'm going to kind of <laughs> rush on that, but yeah, it should be really fun. And uh, yeah. And I do a podcast. It, <laughs> I don't think I've put an episode out since the, Toward the end of last year, it kind of got a little out from under me, but uh, really hoping to get back on that bandwagon, not a bandwagon, on the wagon (laughs) and get a new episode out so I can finish reviewing uh, uh, season 10. So, yeah. Oh, and it's uh, called Terminus. I think you said that. Yeah. I'm really bad on the spot. Yeah. But, but, but keep <laughs> saying it. We'll say yeah. it again. Terminus and, and Terminus and Terminus. And you know what's really Terminus. funny is Clarence, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, segue off of Doctor Who really quick. He, uh, and, and and this is simply so I can say Terminus again. Terminus. Um, which Terminus. was, um, I, I kept being told in Walking Dead terms, wait till you get to Terminus. And this weekend I finally got it, to the point where we got to terminus. So, <laughs> so yeah, you, well, it does have an Atlanta connection, which is why I called my podcast that. So though some people do think it's a walking dead podcast. I have had that happen. So. <laughs> what, what's the, uh, what's the Atlanta reference then it's uh, Atlanta. Actually, one of the old names for Atlanta was terminus. Really? Yeah. And I was trying to find like a doctor who name and, you know, it's like naming a band. It's hard to name a podcast. Wow. So I was like, well, that's kind of cool, you know, because that's an old serial and it's a it connects to Atlanta directly. Nice. So, yeah. Wow. That actually connects to something in Empty Child. So 
Oh, we'll, yeah. We'll talk about, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, it all comes yeah. around. All right. Well, considering awesome. uh, that we're about to get into Empty Child, and I want to segue back into what Lee's talking to, I think now might be the perfect time to say, if you have not seen the episode The Empty Child, which is part one of a two-part story, Put us on pause. Go to however you want to watch the episode. Watch the episode and then come back. Because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 So, Lee, you said (laughs) that there was a connection to Terminus in The Empty Child. So... Explain. Oh, well, um, a, an important location in um, The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances is the Albion Hospital. Exactly, yeah. And, and Albion is, was the earliest known name of the island we now call England. Mm. So, yeah. it, that, so that history is kind of like um, the prehistory of Atlanta being called Terminus. Ah, right. Interesting. So there you go. Yeah. And I, you probably know, but you know, but Albion hospital is also where they took the pig in, uh, aliens of London. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And also didn't, I think Arthurian legend, is that Albion or was that after that? I was trying to remember I, that. I was wondering that too, when I saw the Albion hospital sign, because I know that we talk about Avalon and I'm not yeah. sure. If Avalon is a corruption of Albion, yeah, uh, or uh, Avalon, or yeah, so I need to. Yeah, anyway. being a bad bad English major, I should know this. There you go. Yeah, it's been a long time since I was in school. So, <laughs> well, Likewise. my wife, are, wife and I are going back there in May. We're gonna, we'll, oh. I'll, I'll dig around there and see. <laughs> yeah, you find out for us. I'll stop people in the street and say, <laughs> "Wait, what was this called twelve hundred years ago?" <laughs> yeah, you could do like one of those man on the street interviews. Yeah, and, yeah. That's what the doctor would do. Exactly. So, so, so you're going where in May, uh, Lee? Oh, we're going to England, France, Germany, and the Czech Republic. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's well, pretty exciting. I, I'm not sure, you know, I, and I don't like speaking for other people, but you know, and I don't know what Nicole's schedule is, but I could guess that I know two people. That, you know, you could put in your suitcase and carry with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Happily, my, it's so a good thing my suitcase down, is bigger than you know? inside. Oh, yeah. No, no. My suit. Oh, you could use the master's, like, tissue compression eliminator, but not kill us. Just make us smaller. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and go in the yeah, box. I, I, my impression of the tissue compression thing is it's a one-way trip. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it probably just smushes you. To, and, yeah. I don't think yeah. that's good. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. So let's talk Empty Child. And and in The Empty Child, this was first broadcast on the 21st of May, 2005. It is actually the first story written by Stephen Moffat, and it was directed by James uh, Hawes, H-A-W-E-S. I'm going to say Hawes. Uh, Not necessarily the first, um, you know, story written period by Moffat, but the first Doctor Who story. What was that screenwriter's well, name again? Story, yeah. um, oh, what, James Hawes? No, that was the no, director. The, no, no, the screenwriter. Uh, uh, I didn't know. Oh, Stephen Moffat? Yeah. I think it was. <laughs> yeah, never exactly never heard of it. Yeah, I don't know. Never heard of oh, it. Oh, yeah. actually, Peter Davison's birth name is Moffat. 
Oh, and that's, that might okay. be what it is. Yeah. yeah, they're probably like brothers or something. <laughs> probably. Maybe. Yeah. Never uh, heard yeah. of him. He probably yeah. will never work in Doctor Who again. Oh, never see that name again. No. Well, you know, but he did these two good episodes, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knows? He may still yeah. have a future yet. Yeah. So, so I have a question, and I'm going to start with Clarence on this one. Um, sure. Uh, do you guys watch, like when you're watching these episodes back, do you watch the opening credits? Um, I usually turn away and do something else <laughs> during those moments. Yeah, I have to say, I, I, I don't pay much attention to them at all. Okay. Um, what, no, no, go ahead. What were you fixing to say? No, no, I was not. Okay. Um, Nicole, what about you? Um, yeah, usually I get caught up in the musical credits. Sometimes I kind of hum along. I like the <laughs> credits from this era because I, I, I really, for some reason, I get really giddy when the, the TARDIS comes across the screen when it's switching from the blue to the red, you know, the in the time stream. If, for some reason, that excites me in like a very childish way. And I'm like, yee! <laughs> and so I at least want to see that. And I like the, the names coming up. But, yeah, I think most of the time I do watch it. All right. What about you, Lee? I'm very much like Nicole. It, it is it is just fun. And I do love that shift from the, the red to the blue. Um, I guess my version of that is that, um, like Clarence, I will tend to get, you know, look away and do something else for a second. Unless it's the 70s credits for the fourth Doctor, oh, which yeah. I will always watch. <laughs> From beginning to end, but and that's pure nostalgia. But but I also just think that was a brilliant title design. I just I just loved everything about the the diamond logo and the 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 uh, the silhouette of uh, Tom Baker's uh, face and so on. Just uh, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, I was going to ask you which one because there's the one where it's like in a tunnel sort of thing. It's yeah, like, yeah, the diamond tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so for me, most shows. I will click, uh, you know, skip or I will go do something else. Just like Clarence said, when, um, the credits are rolling case in point, every single time I'm watching the walking dead, you know, I, I love the fact that Netflix now has the skip option on the credits that you can just, you know, fast forward through. But for Dr. Who, I can't break away and do something else. And, and with this particular one, I actually, where you're talking about the TARDIS flying across the screen, I actually kind of traced how the TARDIS was moving with my finger. So I'm like going zoom, 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 <laughs> zoom, back and forth. Uh, my and, God, what nerds we are. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Nerd alert. So on a broad, um, a broad, broad picture, um, Clarence, what did you think of this? Sh- Overall, without mm. the story, yeah, I I kind of feel like I'm gonna be the dissenting voice on this one. Um, while I, of, of course, it's a two parter, but while I enjoyed it, I just really wasn't as excited about it as I, I know you are, Cal. You know, as you repeat that phrase over and over, which I can't get out of my head. Which one? Um, <sighs> are you my mommy? Uh, but it, <laughs> oh, 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 sorry, I really did forget. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, I don't think I'm as hot on this episode. Of course, it give us, gives us an introduction to, to Jack, to Captain Jack, which I thought was pretty cool. But overall, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not as hot, hot on it, I don't think, as you guys. So what about you guys? Okay. Nicole, what do you think? Um, so to be completely honest, 
I rarely watch series one. Uh, for whatever reason, the ninth doctor didn't, he just didn't gel with me. And so this is actually one of the only stories I watch from series one. And, um, so I really like it. There are bits I don't like, like I don't like Rose and I don't like Rose in the story, but overall, like as far as the layout of the story, the plotting, uh, a lot of the characters in the story I really like. So overall, I'd say it's one of my favorites. So so do you not like Rose overall or just in overall. series one? She's like literally, and I've seen all of the classic series, my least favorite companion ever. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that hurts me a little. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've tried. I've really tried. The show tried to tell me she was amazing, and I yeah. just didn't buy <laughs> and it. And it's tried over and over again. Over and over. Favorite. And, you yeah. know, I'm not saying that she's a terrible character. I'm just saying she just didn't connect with me. Yeah. So. But as a, as a big fan, uh, who, who is your favorite companion? Actually, Martha Jones. <laughs> and oh, I mean, wow. she's a companion, but Martha's my favorite. Yeah. Hmm. But but classic series then. Oh, classic series. Oh, yeah. oh my God, there's so many. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Oh God. Okay, it changes daily. Today I'm gonna say Liz Shaw. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're I all like for the, the smart girls. You know. Sure. Yeah. Well, you're and all for the dark horses. Doctors. You know. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. me. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Martha and, and Liz don't get enough love. So yeah. No. That's what you're there for. They get yeah. I'm here to love them for everybody. <laughs> oh, so I've got to ask just just because I like giving Clarence a hard time. What about um, what about yeah. Clara? Oh, no, Clara. Do you, do you, Nicole? Do you? What, what's your thoughts on Clara? I actually I do like Clara. I think that she did have some like in the beginning they weren't really strong about telling her story i thought but i feel like for mm. me she came together in the end but i can definitely see how people would have a problem with her i feel like she worked better with the 12th doctor but i know some people think she was better with the 11th but i actually really liked her i don't, I don't really have any complaints Yay, you're my friend. Somebody on my side. She's back in the club. She's one of my I do like her. So. Oh, that's that's funny. Okay. Um, I just like breaking brains. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, I have to say, uh, you know, going back, and I think I may be repeating myself, but watching um, Seska says, in season eight or series eight or whatever you want to call it, I'm, I'm liking Clara more again. So, you know, kudos to going back and watching it in after a couple of years. Cause I'm, I'm not disliking Clara anymore. So. And I think your story helps when you have the whole picture. I think before, like in the beginning, we were kind of like, where are they going with this character? And once you have the entire arc, I feel like you can appreciate her character more. Mm, good point. Good point. So let me ask this. Um, in regards to whenever we first see the, you know, the TARDIS is, you know, flying, uh, chasing whatever this canister is that they're chasing and it crashes and, you know, and they land. When they first land and they're walking, you know, outside the TARDIS, Clarence, I, I couldn't help but think about you when, uh, she happens to mention a specific name. Did you pick up on that? 
Yeah, this this episode was filled with Star Trek digs. Uh, from the very onset, we see where um, the doctor makes a comment that red is not the universal distress color uh, or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it's a dig no- it's a yeah. it is. <laughs> dig number one. And then I think that the next one came again, like you said, as they landed. And um, I think Rose wanted them to scan, wanted him to scan as if he were Spock or somebody. So. So, yeah, Spock came up several times. Real, real, real fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And the funny thing about that was in, in that particular, um, in that particular, you know, back and forth, there is a point to where later on that she says, you know, about his name and she says, you know, who should I call you? Doctor, Doctor Who? And then the original line was going to be, but of course it got changed. He was going to say, I'd rather have Doctor Who than Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) I have read that as well. Yeah. So thank goodness uh, RTD kind of changed that. It's a little on the nose. A little on the nose. Yeah. Yeah, He's a a Star Trek fan now. Apparently Discovery has turned him on to Star Trek. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I saw that on Instagram somewhere. Who who is a Star Trek fan? I'm sorry. RTD. Apparently, he um he kind of would watch it before, but he posted on Instagram that Discovery has like changed him, and he's like a massive fan now. Interesting. It would be so awesome if we could get him to come on <laughs> and either direct or write an episode <laughs> for next season. I would hmm. love it. Uh, that I, would be very interesting. Interesting connection. Yeah. I got you one better. You know, I'm going to like pull a trump card on this, no pun intended, but considering the fact that we do a podcast talking about Star Trek, we do a podcast talking about Doctor Who, if we could bend reality and have RTD come on and do a simulcast podcast between the two shows talking (laughs) about how he likes Discovery. But combine matter and antimatter in the same universe. <laughs> that would be cool. Do you know what will happen? What would happen? <laughs> well, they annihilate each other. You'll just, yeah, you could, everything you could, would you, end. Yeah, you could conceivably destroy the entire sidereal universe. But admittedly, that's a worst case scenario. <laughs> so let me ask you guys. Well, um, go ahead. No, I have a question. The doctor asks Rose, are you sure about that shirt? <laughs> so w- w- was he saying it in reference to it being just a flashy flag shirt of, 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 of I guess, the UK in the time they were in? Or was he trying to make a red shirt reference? I, I wasn't sure what oh. he was doing there. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even think about the red shirt reference. No, me either. But it was either. probably I... just because she was wearing a big flag on her chest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it might as well be a bullseye at this time. Yeah, right? just, yeah. yeah. especially in this time period. Exactly. So. <laughs> Although, well, I'm I'm going to play the dissenting voice here. I actually took it from the same perspective that you did, Clarence. I took it as when you really kind of looked at it with, you know, without her, you know, like when you, cause she had the jacket on, I was thinking it does kind of look a little red. So I, I took it off the heels of the Spock. You're talking red shirt. I took it the way you, you, you may have. How about that? Mm-hmm. So. From the very beginning, I did not remember 
that we start with the kid going, are you my mommy from literally the very onset of the show, you know, of that particular episode and something else that I had forgotten the ringing phone. I thought the first Mm -hmm. time that the phone had rung was like in the 11th doctor's era, not way back then, way back then. So did you guys remember that or, or was this kind of new to you too? That was a surprise to me this time around, and thanks to uh, watching this on Amazon with their X-ray feature, somebody has posted the trivia that the phone actually rang in 1966. Hmm. Oh, I, yeah, I was going to look into that. I meant to, because yeah. I, like, I feel like it had happened in the classic era, but I couldn't place it in my memory. Like, yeah. was that a dream? <laughs> did, I, <laughs> did I remember? No, apparently you remembered that right, yeah. Yeah. Did it say what serial or whatever? Uh, it's the Celestial Toymaker. Oh, yeah, that would make sense, too. Yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah. he's manipulating things. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. yeah. Very similar. So when we see, you know, the, you know, we see the other children, I mean, you know, the other children and we see uh, the doctor interaction with Rose and then we see the doctor's interaction with the children. We We then go to, you know, R- Rose being picked up on the uh you know, by the barrage hot air balloon. balloon or whatever the thing was. So, those are those are barrage balloons. Yes. Okay, yeah. got you. So we see then Captain Jack, and you know, from the very first of this episode, and we see you know Jack here. He was ca- you know he was Captain Jack. So what did you guys think of um, seeing Captain Jack for the first time? And Lee, I'll let you take this one first. I'm still remembering this from 2006, and I just I was just really taken by this character from the get-go, and and wondered if this was ironically the Spock moment because um, <laughs> for all the Star Trek name checking in this episode, I mean, you know, famously, kind of what happened with the original series was that show was supposed to be about Captain Kirk, and then this other character really took. You know, caught the, uh, the the audience's imagination and fandom, and it became all about Mr. Spock. And I, <laughs> and I was so interested in Captain Jack, and I thought, wow, even Rose is more interested in him than she is in the Doctor. I thought, wow, are, are they sabotaging the show here? By, you know, I I, I kind of wondered, is this about to become the Captain Jack show? And which made me sure, sure that they were going to kill him off in the second part of this two-parter. I knew it. So, so Clarence, let me ask you, coming off the hills of seeing him at Pensacon, <laughs> it could not have been a better timing for the, for us to see this episode. How, how did you, I mean, what about you? What were your thoughts? So literally his first conversation was, um, Rose has a nice, excellent bottom and he tells the guy, turns out, tells the guy, so do you. And he keeps walking off. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> so, um, it, 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 he's a great character. I mean, he's, I mean, I watched all the Torchwood. He's a great character. I love him. I didn't remember this episode as, as much. Again, this is only my second time seeing this episode because I didn't, I've never gone back until now. But, um, it made me wonder, and I want to throw this question to, to my, um, historians over here. Um, is this, do we know if the, the, the by nature of Jack's character was originally intended? as the writing was, was done or did they cast them and then write that in? And that's just me being curious. I mean, 
um, especially after you know seeing him and knowing uh, what type of person he is and how um, just a great, great um, stage presence. And I can see him maybe tell write this in, you know, put put this in my character, you know. <laughs> but I'm just wondering if you guys know. Interesting question. Very good yeah. question, actually. Does anybody really know is. that? No, I am 99 percent sure it was on paper. Yeah, I'm pretty sure first. it was as well. Just knowing RTD, I mean. Yeah. But um, yeah, and if you're gonna write a character like that, and you and you know the acting pool, he may have already known John Barrowman, but. Uh, if not, you know, the casting is easy. Um, I, I, I was, I've been thinking about this all week. I, are any of you familiar with the film De Lovely? Mm. I've heard of it, but I'm, I don't think I've seen it. It is a, sort of a biopic about uh, the, the, the most important time in the, the life of the uh, uh, songwriter Cole Porter. You know, and Cole Porter is, of course, one of the great, um, you know, songwriters, composers of the 20th century. Well, and there's a... There's a moment in the show that I always think of as a screenwriter, as a director, as an actor. This is real interesting. If you write something in the script that says, and now this performer has to do something that's utterly incredible, you know, what is that a fair thing to do to the actor to say, and now I want you to do this so that it changes the world? Yeah. <laughs> the, act, the actor sees this on the page and no says, well, how am I going to do that? Yeah. There is a moment in De Lovely that is exactly that. It is This character is on in a Broadway show. He is going to be singing the song night and day for the first time. Wow. And everybody understands that the kind of the success of the show depends on this. And of course that song is going to become one of the, you know, the staples of the American songbook from this moment on. And all of that is on this guy. And Kevin Klein is Cole Porter in this film. And he has to come on stage and explain to the actor what the song is about and what it means. And then the actor who's supposed to be singing the song in the show plays the moment and he sings the song and you get it. You go, okay, I see why now, why this song is what it is. And that is of course, John Barrowman. Yes. Yes. He, he, get, he gets the, he gets that moment where, where apparently the script says, and now sing the song in such a way that changes the whole world. And he does it. <laughs> so that's who John Barrowman is. <laughs> so interesting that you guys just said this and following up on the question that Clarence just asked, um, according to Wikipedia, actor John Berriman himself was a key factor in the conception of Captain Jack. Berriman really? says that th- uh, at the time of his initial casting, um, Davies and co-producer Julie Gardner had explained to him that they basically wrote the character around him. Davies <laughs> had singled out Berriman for that part. On meeting him, Berriman tried... Uh, uh, tried out the character using his native Scottish accent, his normal American accent, and an English accent. Davies decided it made it bigger, and if it if it were an American accent, um, it goes on to say that the name uh, Harkness was actually taken from a Marvel Comics character who yep. was uh, named Agatha Harkness. Huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, who Agatha Harkness was, amongst other things, she was a tutor to the uh, Scarlet Witch, but she's most notably to me known as the uh, governess for Franklin Richards for a time. Correct. So, yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. So regarding the sexuality, it says that Jack is bisexual and is the first televised Doctor Who character 
to be openly anything other than heterosexual. In mm-hmm. Jack's first appearance, the doctor suggests that Jack's orientation is more common in the 51st century when humankind will deal with multiple alien species and becomes more sexually flexible. Within the Doctor Who narrative, Jack's sexual orientation is not specifically labeled as that could, quote-unquote, make it an issue. Yeah, because he's basically, he's actually more omnisexual. Because he's, you know, it's not really a binary. It's not just girls and guys. It's aliens. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. anything he can really get a hold of. (laughs) (laughs) He he may have actually coined the term uh, omnisexual. He uh, might have. have. That's the first time I ever heard it was from John Barrowman. But, but, you know, why not? It's a logical yeah, <laughs> turn of the phrase. But, so, yeah, and, yeah, and 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 his betrayal. I mean, it's you. You have this thing oftentimes where you say, "I can't see anybody else in that role." And for mm-hmm. me, this that this is definitely one of those roles. I just he just the character is him. You know, who else and, would be Jack? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just just wonderful betrayal, and you know, uh, just just awesome to to go back to the roots and see That's it. Um, <laughs> see the beginning. Well, is, I, is I, I want to mention and parallel something else because you guys, uh, all three of you are very insightful because it's just like everything you're saying I'm reading now because it says here, uh, in the concept and creation, it says the character's introduction served to put him as a secondary hero and a rival to the series protagonist, the doctor, simultaneously mm. paralleling the doctor's detached alien nature and comparing it with Jack's humanity and heart. So, yep, there you go. And and one last thing, because I just think this is worth saying. It's a quote from John Berriman that says, I wanted kids to like him and I wanted women, men, and I wanted everyone to like him. But first, I wanted people to hate him. I wanted them to think he was an arrogant and pushy, that he, no wait, that he was too arrogant and too pushy and too sure of himself. And I wanted them to follow the arc of the change he went through in the final episode of Doctor Who. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So. And you know, you gotta, you gotta take that with some, with some grains of salt also, because I can tell you every actor who gets associated with a role as the, as time goes by, their memory of how the character originated always seems to come from them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are some fame, there's some classic films, you know, that I can tell you the actors as, as years went by, they started saying, well, I had lived that whole exchange, you know, no, they didn't, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So whether or not this was on paper first and, you know, I don't know, but, uh, but still there's no denying that John Berriman brings something to this that, you know, we can't imagine anybody else bringing to the role. He's he's so perfect. He's Jack. Yeah. Through and through. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And, you know, the thing that gets me about, um, you know, watching him in this um, particular story, I, I, I'm going to actually kind of probably shock Clarence in something that he said at the beginning where – you said that this was probably one of my favorite episodes. It's as much as I like playing around with the, are you my mommy? I just like saying that. I just think that's cool. But, (laughs) but, 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 but I actually watched it again right before, you know, say around 615 tonight before we got ready to record. And there was a moment, um, maybe briefly 
that I almost fell asleep whenever it, it, it was the do- it was the point where the doctor was in there with, um, you know, the sister and the uh, children right before he was about to go see the other doctor, which, you know, I actually kind of almost fell asleep in it. And that's mm. I don't know if it was because I was tired or if it was uninteresting. But then when Rose and Jack got back on there, it was like, oh, they're back. And, you know, I was awake again. <laughs> You've seen it too many times. Maybe. But I really, <laughs> but I really haven't though. I, the last time I saw this was a watch through right before, um, the regeneration of the 10th doctor. So it's, it's been quite a while. So just interesting. Yeah. So, um, did, and I, and I'm going to pose this one to Clarence first. Um, did you think that Rose was a little flirtatious or overly flirtatious? Uh, I mean, come on. We, we've seen the previous episode. She's pretty much flirtatious with everybody. Uh, but, but to her defense, you know, uh, Jack was certainly putting on the moves, you know, um, what are you going to do when you, you're hovering by Big Ben on an invisible <laughs> spaceship? Um, True. <laughs> and he can make the chimes go on cue. Yeah. Exactly. That was yeah. Flash. That was Flash. <laughs> yeah. Fla- oh, Flash. That was so great. I'm like, is that like a normal English term? I, I That's the yes. first time I've heard it. <laughs> yes. It's a bit Flash. Yes. Wow. have to add it to my vocabulary. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. So, that's, so, so, so what is it? That's Flash. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, when when he yeah turns on Big Ben, yeah. It it just means show offy. Yeah. <laughs> so so Nicole, what about you? Did you think that she was overly flirtatious, or what did you think? Um, you know, it's it's weird because you know you think about Rose later, where she was very sort of possessive of the doctor. Like if he talked to any woman, he, she was like, rah, really angry. And so, but I forgot how flirty she was in some of these earlier episodes. And, you know, as Clarence said, I mean, it's John Berriman. And, and well, I, <laughs> you know, sometimes I have some issues with Jack and, and John Berriman himself, but I, I could see like, I mean, he was very charming. You know, you got to remember she's like, what 18 or 19? 19 she's got this guy and he's like he knows exactly how to talk to her and get her excited and you know i mean and he's a con man so he's like really good like with people and playing to their weaknesses and yeah i kind of don't blame her really in that whole situation no no and and and, and Leia, what do you think do you agree yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. For, go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say that, you know, again, I watched all of Torchwood and I'd almost forgot, forgotten that he had started off as a con man. Mm-hmm. I, when, when I revisited that in this episode, I was like, oh, I guess he was. <laughs> it was just really surprising because, you know, th- having seen all of Torchwood, this is just so long ago in that timeline. Mm-hmm. I was just really, really shocked. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, Rose was pretty much at his whim because he was he was putting on the moves. But Rose Rose had a pretty good comeback with a few lines and talking about how she had to consult her companion. So she she was on her toes too as well. Yeah, actually, I have a confession. I first saw Jack in Torchwood, so wow. like yeah, I kind of went back and saw these afterwards. So yeah. So, so curious, having having that wibbly wobbly timey wimey, seeing exactly. it in reverse. What was it for you 
seeing, you know, Captain Jack the hero and going back and seeing, wow, he really wasn't kind of on the heels of what Clarence just said. Yeah, because I had stumbled into Torchwood. It was around the time when I was just about to start to watch the new series, but I was dragging my feet because I was like, oh, they're going to mess up my childhood favorite. And, <laughs> and so I actually didn't watch uh, Doctor Who's n- new series until Impossible Planet Satan Pit. But uh, Torchwood happened to be on on demand on my TV, and I was like, oh, what's this going to be? It's going to be stupid. And I like watched it on one day. <laughs> And then I was like, I like this Jack guy. And I literally went and watched all the Jack episodes. And then wow. I went back and watched from the beginning because I was. Wow. But it was kind of weird seeing, you know, because obviously, you know, in Torchwood, he's very different. He's he's very tortured. He's immortal. He's, you know, angsty. And then he, I love him in Empty Child. He's He's kind of a lot more pure. I mean, yeah, he's. Maybe he's a bit more of a jerk, but he's not, he doesn't have that angst. He's a lot more carefree. He's, God, he looks so young. God, John yes. Taylor looks yes. so young in that. And he's just, I don't know, he's almost more fun in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Jack is always kind of fun, unless you're talking about like children of Earth or whatever, but he's generally fun. But I, I really love seeing him in this. And it was nice to see, it was just kind of like seeing a flashback, you know, seeing this is his backstory. Yeah, good point. Good, very good point. Yeah. Of course, then I knew he was going to survive the story. (laughs) (laughs) That does give it away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, um, let, you know, let me ask, um, when they said, and this was, this was the part where I kind of, you know, snapped back in reality when watching it earlier. When they said that there's someone that you need to talk to and they, and he says who, and they, she says the doctor do. And even though we knew at the time, I guess that, oh, well, it really wasn't. Do, do you think that was kind of like a play on words to make people kind of sit up and think, Oh, are we going to see another doctor? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I thought that was a great moment. I mean, I think it's just one of the ways that like Moffat sort of like will build intrigue and suspense and he sort of plays around with our expectations. Cause as you said, you're like, that can't be the other doctor, but <laughs> there's still that part of you saying, Ooh, are we going to see another doctor? You know, and it's so perfect. I, I, I love that bit. All right. So yeah, well, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to add like even the um, expression on the doctor's face, he's like, what, another doctor? You kind of tell he had that puzzled look, which I thought was really, really cool. <laughs> we have to think he's searching his memory. Like, okay, when was, when <laughs> yeah, was I in 1941? Yeah. Well, the eighth doctor had all the amnesia about, so. That's right. <laughs> well, maybe I was here. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. So, so let me ask you this. I've covered a lot and I'm curious, do you guys have any, uh, items that you want to cover because I've got a point I want to make, but I want, I'm curious to see if you guys have any uh, other um, other thoughts before I make my point. And I'm going to go this time in the order that the faces are showing in Skype. So Clarence and then Lee and then Nicole. So Clarence, you're up. Um, I liked how they, they kind of showed this plague, um, physical plague of these these scars being on each of these individuals as well as the the gas mask i thought that was a pretty cool concept of how they played that 
Um, and of course, we'll see what happens in the next episode. So I, I really like that. And also a, a point that I really love from the episode is when when um, when when Jack and Rose had this wonderful moment of flirtation over the psychic paper. I just thought that was really, really w- well written. And I love that. All right, Lee. Yeah, I'm with Clarence as usual, of course. Uh, yeah, I, any any storytelling device that uh, has people accidentally saying what they really think, you know, so the psychic yeah. paper here is brilliant in that case. We're not talking about um, the nominal um, uh, other hero of this story, which is Nancy. Yeah, um, yeah I was about uh, to talk about her. <laughs> so, OK, <laughs> so I'm jumping in on. Nicole's, oh, but, cool. uh, um, uh, I just I love this character so much and her. Her personal mystery is so intriguing to us from the beginning. Um, and I, I remember really enjoying her story, um, from the very beginning. Well, I mean, when I saw this the first time and I was just touched by it again this week, uh, very much the same. Um, I watched the two, because this is a two parter, I watched them back to back. And so now I'm trying to unmix what happens in <laughs> Empty Child and from Dr. Dances. But, um, I guess, I guess, of course, we we sort of have her as a cliffhanger here. We don't really know what's going on with her, but we accept that we know that she is somehow intimately connected to the eponymous empty child. We just and uh, but she really is um, a, a hero of a, a sort of an underground movement inside the inside of uh, Blitz-ridden uh, London. And I, I just, um, you know, we, how can we not like her? How can we not like her? Yeah. That? Exactly. And um, she's she has all the she has a lot of the power for somebody who is otherwise powerless. And that's I think that's always thrilling. It just it's just one of the many points about how well how well written, how well thought out this whole script is. So I I, I like this Stephen Moffat guy. I hope we'll be hearing (laughs) from him again in the future. Hopefully. Yeah. I, I I I don't know. I just well well n- n- well. Before I say that, Nicole, what about you? Do you have anything? Um, yeah, I did. I had a few character things. Like uh, obviously, I really loved Nancy. Apparently, the actress Florence Hoth, I think, was her name. Mm-hmm. She isn't even acting anymore. She's retired, mm-hmm. and I'm like, please come back. You're awesome. Yeah. But I just she was definitely one of those people that uh, spoiler when Moffat writes again um, that he writes really good people who could be a really good companion. And I just thought she was just such a great character. I love the whole doctor's line about, you know, her whole thing with feeding the kids and how that was, he wasn't sure if it was Marxism in action or a West end musical, you know, referring to (laughs) Oliver. And I just, I just loved her whole thing and how selfless she was. And even though she had this, tragedy with her you know brother and then also having to deal with this empty child thing following her around everywhere she still was like i need to get these kids fed and make sure they're taken care of and that was like her priority and uh one of the other characters i also loved we kind of mentioned was dr constantine the doctor i love how he was just by himself in the hospital he's in the middle of a war he has that great line about how before the war he was a what did he say? It was like a grandfather and a father, and now he's neither, but he's still their doctor. Yeah. And he's got all these sort of parallels with the doctor and the time war and how he's lost everybody. And I don't know. I just thought, I, I mean, I I really love Richard Wilson as an actor. I've seen him in a lot of stuff, but I thought he was just, he doesn't have a big performance in this. He's kind of a small character, but 
I really like it. And that transformation scene is like really horrific. Yeah. That was well and, done. Yeah. And just a, a minor thing. You barely see him in this story, but uh, Mr. Lloyd, who's the father uh, at the house where they're stealing the food. Yes. He's played by this guy called Damien Samuels. And I saw him in something recently. I was like, he looks really familiar. Apparently he's in, I don't know, this is going a bit back, but there's that Basement Jack song called Where's Your Head At? <laughs> Do you, I don't know if you remember that. It was like, no. where's your head at? Anyway, he's in the video. <laughs> he's oh, like wow. the same guy in the video. Because <laughs> I was looking at him going, who is that guy? He's so familiar. And yeah, he's barely been in anything, but he's been in Doctor Who. So that was just a random trivia for you but yeah i just i think there's some really amazing guest performances in this and for me that really elevates the story yeah yeah that's awesome yeah and i just want to mention like again like they continue to write these quippy lines for the doctor that i just find so enduring to make the episode special uh, i think he has one to where he's following nancy and um, she asks him, uh, how, how did you find me? And he says, my nose has powers. <laughs> yeah, she has the ears. Yeah, she responds with the ear coming. I just thought that was so good and so real well written. And, you know, it seems like we get at least one of these in episode, which yeah. I just find often makes the episode for me. You know, if I was liking it and then I hear something like this, I'm like, oh, I love it now. <laughs> oh, no, no. oh, go on. I was just saying I, I'd almost totally forgotten that little moment when he was talking to Nancy and he was talking about, you know, how like Britain was this like wet little island that stood up to Hitler and the German war machine. And yeah. what did he say? It was like it was a mouse in front of a lion. You know, yes. you're amazing. The yeah. lot of you. And I'm kind of scared of you. You know, right. Exactly. That was like a nice little quiet moment. I thought it was really awesome. He could have told her that they're going to win the war there, but he didn't because he, he didn't. doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah. it he would just, be really guys are it, tough. <laughs> right. Exactly. It'd be really weird if somebody told her that they. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, uh, you know, we maybe um, maybe this Moffat dude might, you know, you that might be a good word for him to come back to. I don't know, for a character or oh, something oh, later. Spoilers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Make a note. Make a note of that. Yeah, I'll that make down. a note of that. You know, yeah. uh, and and find his address somewhere and mail that to him as an idea. Yeah, but do it <laughs> ten years ago. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know what I can do. I can put a message in the in a bottle and let it float down the river. Oh. Down the river. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, I know. Sometimes you amaze even river? yourself. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so let me tell you what was amazing hearing you guys speak just now and giving your, your thoughts because live as it was happening, I completely changed what I was going to say by listening to the three of you and my comment that I was going to make before I listened to the three of you was, you know, as a uh, part one, you know, I know how it ends with part two and part one, you know, was just kind of blah. And then I listened to the three of you say all these marvelous things. And it was just like, I want to hit myself in the head and go, okay, uh, what's wrong with you? So, 
So kudos to the three of you. I mean, it literally changed how I was seeing this episode. It's what we do. (laughs) I think maybe your problem. Yeah, I think maybe your problem was more with the pacing. Which you know, if you want to look to that level, maybe it was not a little little as equal as we would love it to be. But but overall, I think the story had a lot of good points in it that that kept you engaged, and I I enjoyed it. Like I said, I'm not as I'm not as high on it as maybe you guys, but I, I still really enjoyed the episode. It seems to me, in my memory, sort of of the the fandom of the last you know few years, is that before Blink, this was sort of the go to episode that people said, if this is your entry point for the series, you should watch this first. Really, it was I, I think common. that's sort of the way I remember it. Is that? Sort of the way you're remembering it too, and and then blink, well, yeah. <laughs> and the, that changed everything. And people said, "No, watch this first. Yeah, but it doesn't have the doctor in it. Hush, it, it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. Go ahead, Clarence. Well, I'm just saying, it, it, if it, I don't know if I would have stick stuck along if people said, "Watch this one first. Um, well, this, this wouldn't have been your entry point to the series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't see that. Um, or, or you might have turned you onto Torchwood, but maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. not Doctor Who. Yeah, I mean, it, different people. It takes different things. Like, I mean, the the sure. Rose episode, I I actually really hate, and I'm like, I'm so glad I was a classic fan because I would not have stuck with the show. So it just kind of different people like different stuff. I guess you kind of have to get a feel for what they like, and then try to give them an episode to watch that sort of fits that. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I, when 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 people ask me that question, I always say, "Man, it depends on who it is." I just say the war games, you know. Right. Yeah, war games. Sure. <laughs> it's like ten episodes. Just go oh, for it. I'm glad you said that. Speaking of classic series, ha- have any of you seen um, the DVD version of Genesis of the Daleks that came out after the new series had launched? No. Um, commentary on the episode by Elizabeth Sladen. Oh. oh. And in Genesis of the Daleks, we're on Scar, and the first thing you see is somebody wearing a gas mask. And when they come on screen, she says, are you my mummy? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Which which is so jarring to think, wait a minute, wait, what year is this again? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Liz, Liz, you just mess with my head. All right. (laughs) Well, it had been kind of iconic, at least around, you know, British culture at that point, you know. With all the kids in the playground are probably saying it and stuff. Sure, yeah. Just as they had imitated Daleks back in 1963. Exactly. So um, to kind of go off of what the three of you were just saying, in a poll conducted by Doctor Who magazine in 2009, this two-part story ranked as the fifth best episode of Doctor Who. In a, wow. sim- in a similar poll conducted in 2014, readers ranked this story as the seventh best Doctor Who story of all time. Furthermore, wow. all time. in 2008, it was ranked the fourth best. And in 2011, the Huffington Post labeled The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances as one of the five essential episodes for new Doctor Who viewers to watch. Hmm. Wow. So... All over time, but, uh, you know, consistently praised, um, you know, throughout. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Mm. So do we think we're ready at this point to give our rating? Let's do it. All right, cool beans. (laughs) All right, so ladies first, guest first. Uh, On a scale of one to five, what do they give this episode? (laughs) You know, I'm I'm just... 
I'm just feeling in love with this today. So I'm, I'm going to give it a five. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I really yeah. like it. I just, I love the way it's structured. I, I know it has some tonal issues here and there and it's got rose, but you know, <laughs> no. uh, you know sorry, <laughs> but you know, mm. I held back. I held back. You should see my notes. There's a lot of rose hate, but um, well. yeah, I, I'm going to go with the five. All right, Mr. Brown, what say the, uh, I guess I have to counter Nicole by saying, uh, I, 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 I too want to find a blonde in a Union Jack, um, a specific <laughs> one. I didn't just wake up this morning with that craving. So I'm going to have to Atlanta? give it a, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Oh yeah. I'm giving it a four, two, four, three. Okay. Yeah. Kind of going on my, my, my numbering. Any special, uh, connotation to the four, two, four, three? Well, four two or four three, four point two four. Okay, I'm I'm not doing nine digits of power. <laughs> okay, all right. So, Mister Shackleford, what say you? Well, I am gonna do. I am gonna do extended decimal places. So, I give it a four point nine five dot apple dot nine. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Oh man. Okay. Any reason for that? <laughs> I just couldn't resist the apple in there. That's one of my favorite things. In, uh, but it, it's the second episode of the series, and I always blank on its name. What is it with Lady? Oh, the end of the world. The end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not a good title. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's a, a. I just remember how entranced I was the first time I saw it. I found it just as absorbing. I love the witty banter throughout, and um, yeah, um, I, I, I'll have to. I'll fight with Nicole about this uh, to. Uh, Around, yeah, anyway, um, forever and ever, because I just think uh, Billy Piper is marvelous in this. Uh, just her being gobsmacked with Jack and just being dizzy. I just it's I just think it's hilarious. And um, yeah, I just love that. But, um, yeah, it's uh, and it's and, of course, a terrific cliffhanger uh, for the yeah. first half of a two parter. So, yeah, amazing cliffhanger. Yeah. So nothing not to love about it. And you know, it was a cliffhanger that reminds me of classic who, you know, oh, that, yeah. you know, all oh, yeah. up in your face kind of. So, so, exactly. so what rating am I going to give it? Um, you know, after listening to the, um, all right, let's see. Uh, I am <laughs> going to, after listening to the three of you, I'm mm. going to on our second year anniversary episode rating, I am going to give it a, Four point terminus point relativity point <laughs> delta quadrant. There you go. Mark six. Go. <laughs> I was afraid Whatever you were going to say means. two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was afraid you were going to say two. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to, and let me, I'll even do that one more time. Let's see if I yes. remember this. I'm going yes. to give it a four point terminus point yes. relativity point delta quadrant mark six point mark six. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, there let's you let's go. go with that. Something for all of you. Exactly. <laughs> nice. All inclusive. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I think we have, uh, you know, this empty child is gone. So um, why don't we just go around the room and kind of say where else people can find you if they want to know more about what you're doing other than discussing who. So, Nicole. Where can people find you if they would like to learn more about Terminus? 
Um, well, if they want to find the podcast, it's over at terminus.libsyn.com. Um, I just totally forgot my Twitter handle. Uh, but if you want just me personally on Twitter, um, I'm Radiant Baby, R-A-D-I-A-N-T-B-A-B-Y. And um, it, it's got the link to my, my Terminus uh, podcast on there. Um, and I'm pretty much all over online otherwise with Terminus everything except for Walking Dead stuff. Cobain's. <laughs> Cobain's. And uh, Mr. Shackelford, where might you be found? Oh, I, again, yeah, I'm, I'm like Nicole. I'm all over the place. But um, I always like to direct people to relativitypodcast.com. Ah, you say that so well. I see, yeah. I, yeah, I don't I feel like have there a clear music. Like, dun, dun. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have Clarence's wonderful resonance, though. He's still got the Don LaFontaine thing going. So he, oh, yeah. I, I, I need I need him to say dot com for me. But yeah. okay, say, say say it, Mr. Brown. Dot com. <laughs> see, <laughs> see. Now we got it. Now we got it on tape. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to create just a, you know, a, a, a montage of dot com, dot com, dot com, dot com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All of us do it. All right. So, Mr. Brown, where might you be found? I'll direct people to the Discussing Comics website, which can be found at discussingcomics.com, where we recently did a review of our trip down to Pensacola, Florida to cover Pensacon 2018. So, yeah, check check us out there. Cool bands. And if you want to know more about Pensacon and you're more video inclined, you can also check out our video that we did on YouTube, which can be found at youtube.discussingwho.com. We'll take you directly to it. And it's got that video, which Clarence, you edited quite extremely well. And also all of our other videos that we've got on there, which cover mostly comic book uh, related content. But um, I think we're going to start doing some Who stuff before long. So excited about that. All right. So um, thanks, Nicole, again, for joining Thank us on this episode uh, and celebrating our second anniversary with Ooh, us tonight. Hi. And um, to Lee and Clarence, again, I can't thank you both enough for your time, your energies, and, you know, for for 98 episodes and counting with all mm. the other stuff we've done. So, woohoo. Yeah. Right back at you. Oh, yeah. So, and what fun to have Nicole on board this time. What fun. Yes, it was. Yes, yeah, it, thanks yes. for joining us. Absolutely. Yeah. You're welcome. And you know what? There's one more group of people that we need to thank before we go. And that is for you who are listening to this episode right now, whether this is your first episode, where you, whether you've listened to us sporadically or whether you've listened to every episode from the very beginning. Regardless, we thank you for listening and thank you for using your time or spending your time and listening to us. We hope that you have entered have been entertained and informed, enlightened and laughed with us, laughed at us or, you know, laughed along with us as we, you know, went on this journey. So to here's to year number three. And with that, we are out of here. Discussing who is brought to you by Audible. 
You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.